Hi, this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. Welcome to This Week on Sci-Fi Talk, taking a look back at the episodes that ran this week. And by the way, are still available. I'm Kayla. This past Monday's podcast featured the second part of the roundtables for Fear the Walking Dead. Let's listen. I think what stands out to me as a theme this season is family and how that impacts all your characters in one way or another. Uh, kind of get, tell me what your feelings are about that theme and how it plays into the season. And it's for all three, all, for all of you to answer, please. I think that's I think that's accurate. I think what really drives both Sherry and Dwight at the beginning of the season is the this idea of family and how to protect your family, to build a life for your family, and what sacrifices are you willing to make in order to preserve your family. And I and I think that continues throughout the season for them in the sense that it's, you know, the family that they want to make also within their friends and their community and, and how we must really all rely on each other and protect and be loyal and and loving. And I think that the idea of, of family is is very strong throughout the season and, and how our family is often even used against us at the same time. Yeah, I think exactly what Christine is saying can be applied to with Morgan and Grace. Uh, this is an opportunity for Grace to have the family that she's always wanted, especially after, you know, losing her baby um, back in season six and now to be given that blessing and that opportunity to be a mother again and to co-parent with Morgan. Um, she, this is this is everything she she's wanted and to be able to do that. Uh, and as a mother and as a parent and co-parenting, the sacrifices that you make for your child, the sacrifices you make for your family to make sure that they are safe and thriving um, against the challenges, the unknown challenges that come their way in this new whole backdrop of Padre um, is something that's really prevalent and, and you know, on Grace's mind constantly. Mm. It's also what is, you know, what's great too is what is family, defining that for oneself and that it can come in so many beautiful forms. And when you are in an environment that's like, you know, you have to accept things in as family because you really can't do it on your own. It's a lie, you know, it just violates natural law to think you can go through this alone. And um, I love that through the loss of family and where we then can find ways to plug in that that loss um, with new forms of family and what that means and defining that has just been really, I think, a really lovely exploration this season. There is more sci-fi talk, so stay tuned. Trek Tuesday featured Sonequa Martin-Green of Star Trek Discovery talking at the start of season two. I really liked Burnham's Roddenberry-esque speech at the end of season one. And I'm wondering if that resonates into season two. It's the end of the journey of season one, but it will resonate in season two because it's not over. It's just the beginning of it, actually, um, because the redemption arc um, that we explored in season one continues. There was certainly some professional redemption. There was the reinstatement into Starfleet. There was the um, interpersonal redemption. You know, a lot of the people on the ship stopped looking at me like they wanted to kill me. 
and uh, for you know forgave me and and, and uh, obviously my loved ones and whatnot. Um, but um, what is most important um, is that Burnham forgives herself. Um, because as Burnham, I carry a tremendous amount of guilt and shame. Um, that's a sort of um, that's that's a that's a foundation in, in in my heart, unfortunately, because of the tragic event of my parents being murdered and me, you know, essentially being responsible for that. So that then factors into your very identity as a child, and you carry that for the rest of your life. And so um, it's going to be very important that I forgive myself and realize that it is not about me denying my emotions because of my logic uh, training and upbringing, but it is also not about denying my logic so that I can uh, fulfill my emotions. Um, there's been a sort of waterfall happening, right? A sort of, um, you know, uh, bursting of the dam, if you will, um, because for so long it was so shut down and closed off, and then it just sort of was opened up at the end of season six, or, or episode six in season one, and now it's just bursting and bursting and bursting. And we're still sort of there in that place. And at this point now, I have to understand, I say to Sarek in the pilot, that uh, my emotions inform my logic. But now what I need to learn is Burnham is how my logic in informs my emotions. Here she comments on her complicated relationship with Ash Tyler and dealing with love, really for the first time as Burnham. It was certainly still the case with, with Tyler, for sure, because that was a that was a, a unique experience for Burnham. Um, I I had never been in love before uh, as Michael Burnham. That was the very that was the, a first love situation, a very new thing, you know, to, to go to a loving relationship from you know from from the you know sort of um, upbringing that I had. Um, and yes, this concept of love, I'm still learning about and still understanding, um, especially because. Um, the self-love is something I'm still trying to, 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 to learn. And, and Burnham actually um, may not even be completely conscious, may not even be completely aware of that self-love and, and, um, and, and, and how hard it really is to do it and, and, that, and that that is the key. I'm just saying, I just know it's Sadiqla, that that's what needs to happen. <laughs> Wednesday's episode has composer Matthew Carl Earl known for his work in scoring video games. You know, I gotta ask you, it seems like you approach your projects on an emotional level. Is that pretty accurate, would you say? Yeah, for sure. I mean, just like any art, you kind of have to get a little bit emotionally invested into it. You know, it's kind of like acting. Yeah. In a way, where it's like kind of fun, where it's like you get to put on this emotion. It's like I get to get really into this and just try to feel that way. You know, it's I think one thing that stands out to me, I thought it was really an interesting way of doing it. On one of the videos on your website, and, and everybody should visit that site because it's really cool. But essentially, uh, you have choirs. You have the men on one side and the women on another instead of mixed. And that creates a whole nother sound. And to hear the two different choirs, you know, each having their parts, that was really brilliant, I thought. Uh, what led you to that direction? Was it just, you know, the, 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 the music itself? Or it was like, hey, how about if I try this? And that kind of thing. I mean, honestly, separating them groups, like by voice type and soup, like like tenors and basses, and then, yeah, yeah and then the Spanish and altos. It's like grouping the women and the, and the men together. That's kind of like a more traditional way of doing it, honestly. Yeah. So that, that's like the mixed choir is more of a new thing that some people are doing just to try to get that blurred sound. 
but for like the pieces that are on my website too it's it's kind of like um one's written in kind of more a more church style which is like very you know like very like the sacred type music so i did want to have really clean voice lines you know mm-hmm. so you can kind of hear the, the counterpoint and the other is more like a folk song so they're, they're very traditional <laughs> style music so i did want to have the separation of the voices you know i also I, I i do like that style of mixing of things too is just really clear voices panned around but that's all i'm doing though it's it's a, that's a pretty it's a pretty common thing yeah well you know i i, I rarely see it you know these days so uh if it if it was done in the past i'm sure it was but that's wild it, you picked up on that though you are yeah you a, you a musician yourself no i'm not i i you know i just love music so uh since i was young i, I just don't have the dexterity to play anything <laughs> and so so but i can be a very good fan <laughs> so yeah. and, and i like that the music I like the most has textures to it, if you know what I mean. It, oh, it's yeah. like all the different levels. And I'm always fascinated with like how you write a piece for a certain instrument. And maybe by itself, it doesn't sound anything special, but when you blend it in with the others and oh, layer yeah. it on top of each other, it's absolutely fantastic. So I've always oh, liked it. I'm all about that. I mean, what, what I was just doing today, I mean, it was just <laughs> could, like see what's on the floor behind me. I oh, just cool. have random stuff some like flutes and guy here got a ton of woodwinds nice but but, uh, no i'm definitely into just recording whatever random sounds and then just seeing how that can be fit into a texture you know sci-fi talk returns in a moment friday's podcast bookends the week with fear the walking dead but this is from season one taped at san diego comic con here is cliff curtis And let's begin by getting to know Travis Manawa, the teacher played by Cliff Curtis. His character is romantically involved with Kim Dickens' character of Madison Clark. He has an ex-wife and son who he's having problems with, while Madison has two children of her own. He starts off by saying that he feels Madison Clark is really the alpha in the series. Well, I've been calling her my goddess and my lioness because she's got the alpha does not come from a a masculine or machismo. It's not like a woman donning the masculine, I'm going to be a badass kickass. She's a lioness. She's a goddess who will protect what she loves. And I think that's very, very powerful for a woman to have a role where she can manifest that unapologetically and have a character in a male that adores that in a woman and supports it and, and is very attracted to that. I, I'm attracted to that as a man. I think it's beautiful when women are in their power and are not, in, not inhibited by um, their feminine power, you know, and feel that it's a masculine thing to um, be a badass. I don't want to, you know, they're re-coining the phrase, badass is no longer, you know, the domain of the, 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 the masculine. It's, there's a feminine sort of aspect to it. And I think she's absolutely beautiful at maintaining this tenderness and that, that what she does when she is a lioness to protect them comes from love and there's a fragility and the omega to me of that that I'm doing is is being able to the masculine being able to see um, that that's important and valuing that and wanting to protect that and so to say to say that I need to be the one person in her life that can allow her to be in her power and 
to, to, to protect that tenderness because it's you don't you don't you don't want to kill you don't want to kill what is tender in humanity for the sake of being powerful. I don't think I think it's a mistake. Myself and Travis, it, it is what made me feel that I had something to contribute to the to the show because I understood that. I don't necessarily understand the world of genre. It's not my natural habitat as an artist. So, but I do understand relationships and and sort of and the value of love and what we'll do for love, you know, and and exploring those types of themes. And so, the the show is firmly grounded in that, not just the, this kind of romantic or love, but also the love of our children and the desire to to build a family. A new, a, we're getting we're at a second phase. We're getting a, a round two second chance at building a family in the show, which I think a lot of families, of teenagers kids you know teenagers have had parents and families fall apart or separate or losses have taken losses that second shot at creating a family at, at a time which is just not conducive to building anything at the same time I feel like it's too soon to say and then I want to see what the response is to the first season to sort of determine like which is our audience because we might have an audience which is you know some of that other audience but it may not be and, and I don't know I don't know I just I just want to I'm interested to see where things land after we've completed our first season subscribe to sci-fi talk wherever you get your podcasts and at Apple podcasts thanks for listening <laughs>